Tearing the old man down Run past the heather and down to the old road Start turning the grain into the ground Rolling a new leaf over In the middle of the night There's an old man treading around in the gathering rain Hey mister, if you're gonna walk on water Oh, could you drop a line my way There it is. There it is. There. It's here. It's yeah. upon us. We're oh, okay. Oh, 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 my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Okay, I just want to announce something right off the top. Uh, okay. I will be, for this podcast, playing the role of Samuel Alito in the latest hearings. So, I'm not <laughs> responsible for knowing anything. Or remembering anything if you guys say the story of like hey story you remember what happened no I don't remember it may have been a week ago that's too far for me to remember I have no recollection of that. I was gonna anything say from college, isn't that Ronald I don't Reagan remember. so story will have Ronald all Reagan? the knowledge yeah, and answer basically. none of the it's questions it's a lot like that it, it's true it's true but I will be referenced as very wise and every now and then one of you will have to ask me a softball question that will take about half an hour where you're like, aren't you God's gift to humanity? And they'll be like, um, oh. um yes, yes I am. Excuse you me, Mr. Clayton. Of that. I have a friendly question. Yes? Friendly question. Wouldn't Absolutely. you agree that punching someone in the face is inferior to giving <laughs> them a present? I'm not sure, but I think so. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, how I rule Clayton, in such a case involving that, but, but I think answer, so. Mr. Clayton, um, can you remember if you were ever part of a society that used to punch people rather than give them presents? I, I have no recollection of society, nor do I know how I would rule in a society. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys know the worst part of that was where they were asking about this concerned alumni for Princeton thing, right? And the concerned alumni for Princeton thing is this group that was basically against affirmative action, as near as I could tell. Like, extreme version of that, but okay. Yeah, so the racist Arn bitches Hatch, for majority is the other name of that organization. Right. <laughs> so then Arn Hatch comes out, and he's like, now, Mr. Lido, do you favor minorities and women going to college? He's like, yes, I do. He's like, I thought that answer. I'm like, right. So basically what Alito just said was, I'm not going to be a blatant Ku Klux Klan member. I'm just going to you know, give you a version of that and Arn Hatch giving him the biggest softball question of all time. Like if I were you know, one of the other senators I would have been like, yeah, I'd like to stop questioning Senator Alito. Instead I'd like, I mean Judge Alito, instead I'd like to question a fellow senator. Are you on crack, Senator Hatch? Are you on crack at this moment? Are you Seriously, can any of you guys You're think... Not? Okay, good of a, an organization that you were a member of in college that you have zero recollection of, of anything having to do with that organization? <laughs> Can you think of an example well, of that? Fair. To be, if to I could remember it, I wouldn't be able to think of it, but... <laughs> but I to mean, be fair, well, Greg, oh, I think that this organization, this concerned alumni thing, to be fair, was really just a front for the Princeton tuition is too damn high party. <laughs> uh, Ooh, we Tuition's too damn high. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they may or may not be racist against <laughs> Chinese folk or whoever, but uh, really it's a good idea to sound a little sour. At least, I mean, well, that's, that's, 
I, I don't remember anything about it. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> well, Andy, what's your opinion? You're the, as the law guy here, what's your opinion about what Alito has been doing so far? Like, is he doing a good job, bad job? What's your What's your thought of uh, Alito? My My understanding about Alito is that he's a very sound judge. That that uh, everyone everything I've heard about him has been complimentary from from the perspective of is he a good jurist? That he doesn't have predetermined notions about about how he would rule on, on issues that he's... All of his decisions are very well about reasoned. About life on this planet at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, I'm very serious. He's, he's very no, well respected. He's very well respected for having, for having good reasons for his decisions always. It's not that he just has ideological reasons and then he tries to cram those into some legalistic uh, decision. It's that it seems that he actually... No, he, he, have, he has a conservative bent. Nobody's saying that he doesn't have that. But... There, but I think most people believe that he, at the very least, doesn't go into it thinking, I want to rule this way. How can I make that make sense? That he actually goes in with an open mind. Um, you know, I've heard very complimentary things about, about that, at least. Okay. Well, that's, at least that's somewhat more promising is, than would be the alternative. Is he actually a, a human, though? Does he actually support David's human beliefs? Beliefs that uh, you can't believe anything until there's incontrovertible evidence. And even then, you can't really believe it. Well, with regard to uh, Roe v. Wade, he certainly had, had no preconceived notions about it. He was like, well, look, precedence is great, but it doesn't rule over everything. And they're like, but didn't you say that about the other five cases? He's like, yeah, but this is Roe. And you can't know anything going into Roe, especially if you're going to have to overturn it later on. But I can't talk about that just yet. So I'm well, be in fairness, Roe, Roe v. Wade is the weakest major Supreme Court decision ever. The, the, what it rests upon is, is shaky at best. It, it, it's one of the worst reasoned decisions ever. It has no, no actual basis in, in, in legal reality. It was, it, it was all something made up as, right, in an but ad hoc Andy, way without, for the decision. So if, without if us getting into an abortion be, debate, would which would be a horrible idea, I'm just going to say that he would never say that. And what you just said, he would never say that in the confirmation hearing. Instead, his job is to be, right. you know as mysterious as possible, despite the fact that he probably agrees exactly word for word with what you just said. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I know that he would never say that, but I think that's what he's thinking. And I think he has a conservative bent. And of course, you know, so he's open to that thought. I think that people who would never want to see Roe overturned just wouldn't be open to it. They might admit it, but they'd say, well, precedent is precedent even if it's weak. Somebody who has a conservative bent it, it can justify going after Roe and saying this decision was a travesty, not because of the outcome, because I don't think he would admit that, but because of the way it was set up. And if you have to finagle the law so much, there's something wrong there. And if it's if it's a valid outcome, you have to find a way to make it fit within our legal framework in a in a, in a valid way. I think that's fair. Fair enough. But wait, is there one thing I want now to say? Now let's just go I mean, with the big abortion discussion. Oh, let's do it anyway. We'll, we'll make it a separate podcast. We'll be like really Matt offensive Rapport, abortion discussion. 12.5. Never let it be said. Never let it be said. Well, what I was going to say was, Andy, uh, the only thing I'd say, now I'm not a legal scholar, but wouldn't you say that, say, Plessy versus Ferguson was maybe a little bit more ridiculous in terms of no. legal reasoning? No, really? I actually think Brown, Brown versus... <laughs> nice. I'm serious. Brown versus Board is actually a lot shakier than Plessy. Plessy makes much more sense on a legal basis, but the, the genius behind Brown is the realization that legal reality doesn't always coincide with social reality, and that's what Brown was all about. The point in Brown was, 
even if Plessy is legally fine, and it is legally fine, separate equal is a fine idea as long as it's actually equal and you could actually separate people without doing an injustice to them. But it's but it's in reality it that's not true. But you don't, that's not the case in Roe. It's not that that there's a legal reality that differs from the you know the, from the real world. In Roe, it's simply that there's an outcome that was desired that, that you needed some sort of support for in a constitutional way that just wasn't there, and so they kind of invented something. But Plessy was a fine decision in in legal theory. It just didn't work. And Brown was a decision that was actually harder to justify legally, but made so so much sense intuitively to anyone who's seen how the world works. Well, you know what that means to me? You know what I've concluded from what you've just explained? Is that clearly we have to add to the group of people story would support pirates, orcs, Satan, Hitler, and lawyers. Clearly we have to add that group in. Ah, oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll just say this. I, I do think that there's something about uh, the law relying on precedent that we've, you know, that good legal theory relies on precedent a lot. That it, there's just something backwards about that, that it's... Like, well, the best justification we have for things is that we did it before that way. And uh, yeah. there we go. That's, that's good theory. I, I don't even believe I that mean, it really does, though. I think that it's only there for the appearance is, is of very, very some kind of consistency. And without that appearance, basically what it comes down to is you want to put your ideas into the law. And so the better lawyer you are, the more you're able to work with precedent and yet still put whatever ideas you want into practice by having them work with former laws that were passed. And that's really all there is to it. It's right. just a big game. <laughs> Andy's like, yeah. play your left. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm right here. No, no, I'm just kidding, Andy. I was just at this and what's your opinion like, on that, sir? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I think it's that's exactly right, though. That that precedent is important. It, you have to have precedent. If you had no precedent whatsoever, uh, actually, these some of the administrative bodies don't rely upon precedent, and it's a mess. Uh, it's just an absolute mess because you never know what they're going to do. A new board member will join, an old one will leave, and everything will change. You can't rely upon any of the old decisions. But at the same time, obviously, we've come, a, come across a situation you know, several times now where we, we, there's a totally unjust decision that was part of the precedent, and it's good that our legal system finds ways of getting around it. I just don't see Roe fitting into that framework. It's not like Plessy or, or Brown. It's not on either side of that. It's not like it's... It's the right thing to do legally, but now it seems outdated, nor is it like the the right thing to do, you know, socially that's undoing a legal wrong. It's just kind of its own weird situation. Is it, is it like a, is it like Jordan's thing? Um, what was that something v. North Carolina? What was, the, what was the case he always used to bring up, which is a complete lie and never actually existed? Yeah, that he invented and yeah, he used for everything. He invented yeah, I think, it. I think it would be a lot more interesting if, like, judicial Anderson versus precedent. North Carolina, by the way. That's it. Anderson v. North Carolina. That's if he could just use that precedent, exist. but then just make them up. He's like, "What about Jones v. Hawaii?" And you're like, "Jones v. What?" And they're like, "You know that case where the guy did the thing." And they're like, "Oh, that's precedent." Like, the best precedent maker would be the winner in a court decision. That's much more interesting from a purely, you know, sports perspective. 
<laughs> yeah. Much like previous arguments we've had about why the Republicans once supported federalism and no longer do, it's basically, what have you done for me lately? So we want lots of conservative judges to protect the laws that the Republican Congress is going to pass and not overturn them. However, if the shoe is right. on the other foot, we want more activist judges to overturn bad laws that the Congress that we don't like is passing. Because whatever we like right. is what should happen, regardless of what we think about judicial review or judicial style or any of that stuff that is relatively meaningless. I think we're really lucky coming out of this presidency with the with the two judges that have been have been put up there. You know, out of all this fear people had, they, the judges are as moderate as you could have hoped for from this president. So I, I mean, I'm not saying that, that I think they're the best thing to happen to the court, but they're they're two judges that are I think fair-minded and conservative. But you have to expect that, but not crazy and not willing to just be led around on a leash. You know, they they're, they're independent judges and I think that's something to, to be thankful for. Did you guys hear you know, uh, Bill Maher's analysis that um, Judge Roberts was inadvertently selected as the first gay Supreme Court justice without the Republicans <laughs> knowing about it? He had some good arguments. No, that's pretty funny. It was like, A, the only pro bono work he ever did was in uh, he backed gay rights in you know some pro bono work that he did and B he had a photograph with some men holding up a dish of food and he's like nobody would ever take a picture of food unless it was a gay man <laughs> this is deeply compelling the Supreme yes, Court I, th I thought so I have no recollection of that <laughs> with Judge Roberts no oh it and the other the other argument ago. was that uh, he hated women's rights and that was part of it because he was against <laughs> Roe which may or may not even be true. But that's Bill Maher for you. Oh, wow. Okay, Greg has turned into Darth Vader for a temporary amount of time because, uh, as we have not warned our podcast listeners, he... Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a good effect. That he is actually podcasting from some secret conference somewhere off of the western shore of the United States and uh, may or may not be hacking into the NSA later this evening, so he has to keep his location undisclosed and uh, does not have consistent uh, internet access. I, I, I had to find... <laughs> That's impossible! <laughs> I am no, no I'm like, <laughs> I'll never join you! Um, <laughs> Wasn't that the worst but, uh, reaction of all time, by the way? When when uh, Mark Hamill realizes that Darth Vader's his father, and then he has this like no! weird, overbitey, crazy fake scream that nobody believed. Yeah. If it wasn't no! such a good movie, they didn't have to freaking carry Mark Hamill's ass through that scene. Well, I remember when they first came out with the Star Wars video game, they were talking about reasons to choose the Empire over the rest, and reason number one was, when confronted with a little bad news, we don't shout no like a girl and jump down an endless mine shaft. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> no! This is possible! But, uh, no, but anyway, yeah, so I am kind of doing the gorilla podcast so thing. And I'm telling you, man, it's a gorilla podcast. It's true. It's a gorilla podcast because if an academic found me doing this, their reaction would probably be, they probably would be like, they probably like stagger away, which is what academics, you'll notice if you go to an academic conference, most of them spend their time staggering away from people. Like, either because they can't believe something they've said or that. because they don't really have good senses of balance anyway because they're all academics. 
you know, so they have great minds but not great bodies. They just stagger away from people normally. Today's kind of the thing conference here is on like inner ear infections brought to you by <laughs> Dr. Wobbly Pants. Like, what? Whoa, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> stagger away. So I have a feeling like I, if I cut out, I promise I'll come back into the podcast, but I'll need to move to another undisclosed page. The All right, keep your head down, Greg. There he goes. <laughs> but keep keep see? your head down. <laughs> Start it. <laughs> watch oh for the snipers. Got to watch for this. Use your training. <laughs> Battlefield 1942 has taught you. Use your training. I, I, I don't remember ever knowing Greg Wilson <laughs> about, about Battlefield location. Ever. <laughs> Sorry, go what on. What was I going to say? I have to tell you guys the story about, if you can hear me, I have to tell you guys the story about the restaurant I was at yesterday because it relates to a former podcast we did. So I went to this restaurant yesterday that was a Hawaiian restaurant called Ono Restaurant, which roughly means this tastes good oh no. in Hawaiian. Um, <laughs> no! I go, I go How many times did you say that, though? It's re- I, did you just oh say, no. you just said, oh no, oh no! I said it once. Well, no, the thing is, because the guy who runs the place says that enough. Okay, first of all, I walk oh, in. Oh, no. And, and you tell me. I walk in. I walk in. What? Uh, okay, guys. Uh, uh, okay, is this better at all? I hope. I like how Captain oh, Ping was oh, making fun oh, of Greg. That's oh, really oh, funny. No. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So here's what happened. Captain so Ping says, finally, I'm more audible than somebody else. Take that. I know, it's true. Yes, too. Um, so I went into the restaurant, the owner restaurant. First of all, it's this small little place, okay? And right along the sides are all these pictures of celebrities. It's this little Hawaiian restaurant. And I want to tell you guys the four photos that were in one area. Ralph Macchio, Ralph Macchio's girlfriend in Karate Kid 2, the guy who fought whatever so name chosen, who fought him, and Sato. The Sato had been in wow. this restaurant. But it gets better. It gets better. Not only was Sato in this restaurant, the guy who owns the restaurant himself is Okinawan and looks very much like Mr. Miyagi. So I was like, Karate Kid 2 restaurant. It was the coolest thing. And the guy sat down and he's like, you need to remember, lots of people who come here enjoy the food, but only the people who are real celebrities, I put their pictures up on the wall. Like that man. You know Sato? Sato. You know Sato? I know Sato. Sato comes right here and sits where you sit. And Sato ate the food. And the guy was like Mr. Miyagi. It was great. I was like asking him all the questions I would have asked Mr. Miyagi. I'm like, so is it true that you defeated Sato in combat in Okinawa? And he's like, father teach in Okinawa to make food. <laughs> Awesome. First learn stand, then learn fly. Oh, whole village see Hawaiian food is good for you in restaurant. You actually brought up two minutes ago. No, I swear to God, very important question. I really, I really swear to God, this is true. I feel it is my responsibility. Are we racist? I forgot. What? That's a good question. Why don't we ask Mr. Alito whether we're racist? I have no recollection of race or ism. Or anyone who had okay. race or ism. But I was going to say, as protector <laughs> of all bad movies race. everywhere, I have an obligation to ask you the following question. Which yes. of the four potential females that are leads in the Karate Kid movie series, and I'll go over them for you, is the hottest? Part two. Here are your choices. Part two. Karate Kid 1, Part two. Elizabeth Shue. Crazy ears. No. Karate Kid... Karate Kid 2, the Japanese hot girl that's in the Ono restaurant. Karate Kid Part 3, the redhead, I don't know her name, but she did star in the movie Teen Witch and was definitely yeah. an early 90s star. She's a worthy sort candidate, of teen yeah. idol. 
and Karate Kid 4, otherwise known as the next Karate Kid, Hilary Swank. There Wait, you go. Go back to one. Did you say Elizabeth Shue? Oh, not Elizabeth Burke. Elizabeth okay, Shue. Never mind. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. Never mind. I.e. Andrew Shue's That's sister, which she joke. should That's never ever be called that, because she's far more important than Andrew Shue from Merrow's Place. But just in That's case true. you've only seen Merrow's Place <laughs> and no other media in your entire life, it's, it's Andrew Shue's sister. I mean... I don't know what you guys think, but my vote is obviously for number two. Although the redhead is a is a is a good candidate, but clearly the Japanese one is that one. Okinawan one vote action. for Okinawan girl of no name who never became famous. <laughs> Next, she was she was in the Ono restaurant. The girl from part three is named Robin Lively. Robin Lively was also lovely, started. Right. Are you IMDbing her? I am. She was in the she movie was in Teen Witch. What else was she in? Another pretty face, oh, man. Santa Who, Mystery Woman, oh, come Snapshot. On. Those aren't her most right, famous let's ones. let's go back. She was in go Teen back Witch. Like 15 years. Teen Witch, The Less Than Big Daughter. She did a lot of mates for TV. She was in Doogie House oh, sh- as Nurse she Faber. Was, she was Goldie Hawn's daughter in the movie Wildcats, which was, incidentally, the first movie that Wesley Snipes oh. and Woody Harrelson starred in. That was her? She was, yeah, she was, she was the she daughter. Worked. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, Greg, she was like 14 in that movie, but that... No, but she got the Karate Kid. <laughs> but she got the Karate Kid 3, I mean. She had oh, some okay, great doctors in that movie. In Karate Kid 3. Oh, God. If I no, could let's, let's look that straight here. Off her. Let's get this straight here. As we've learned from the last podcast, I'm not the one who has to be concerned with, uh, you know, a certain taste for younger women, as we know. Russ and Andy. <laughs> don't, don't lump me in there just because he was calling me names last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, molester. But uh, you I know would, who else I is would on like the to way. take this opportunity to say that I have a great deal of respect for the work of all four Karate Kid actresses <laughs> that you've mentioned. That I've studied a lot of their cases and given some time. And Candidate Clayton, will you please, them? for the love of God, but just give us a straight answer? I I must say and that even though I've been asked here to rule in this informal setting, I have not spent sufficient time studying each of these four women to understand which of them I might choose if I were to serve. And uh, that's my final answer. I'm sorry. Robin Lively is hot now. She's totally hot now. I thought she was was hot. She was hot ten years ago. Yeah, but look, Mr. Clayton, do you recall watching these movies? Did you ever, were you in a theater where you saw any of these movies? I mean, I think I was around when these movies were perpetrated, <laughs> but I can't say that I've actually taken the time to watch them, per se. You lying right, sack. I demand that we requisition the films to watch them ourselves. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, if either any of these films really came before the court, I I would then dedicate my whole energies, with or without a memory, Mr. to determining which of them was the hottest uh, to the satisfaction Mr. Clayton, of his body. May I remind but, you of Mepcast number 10, when you did, in fact, profess a love for pirates. You were willing to comment at that particular time for that particular type of person. Why at this time will you not just pick one of the girls from the Karate Kid series? I I have I I can't strain to really remember uh, the 10th Mepcast. Uh, I believe it was at least a few weeks ago. Um, I remember there being a Mepcast. I remember that people participated in it. I think I may have been involved, but I remember nothing about that participation. 
This is a democratic right, okay, system, okay. folks. I mean, that's oh, the thing. God. Is that, you know, it may sound absurd, but it's happening. It's really happening. This is really the case. It's on your this TV really right what's now. Going on. Andy, okay. vote. Well, the vote. <laughs> yeah, vote, Andy. Did Andy... Andy gets to oh, vote. Oh, Andy voted. He voted for two. pictures of Robin Lively on the internet, so I'm kind of <laughs> going to be uh, unavailable for a little while. Clearly, Andy wow. strenuously votes for Robin Lively. <laughs> That's a big vote of confidence for Robin. So you're the tiebreaker, Russ. So far, I have her in her that's underwear, one. but that's just not good enough for me. And it's when she was a teen witch, so it's kind of sketchy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy! All right, we have one vote these for Freddy. Will, these part will be two. posted once I find them on the Map Report website. So don't worry to our friends out there. I'm working if, for you. If they gain the seal of approval, Very, fair enough. Yeah. One hey. vote for two. One vote for three. Right. I'm actually going to vote for uh, Elizabeth Shue <laughs> because. Leaving Elizabeth Las Vegas, Shoe. one of my favorite movies of all time, oh. and she is freaking hot. I mean, she's a little older. She's no Robin Lively because you know Karate Kid One was like eight million years before Karate Kid Part Three. But I will still vote for Elizabeth Shue because she's hot, and not Hillary Swank, wow. please. No Hillary Swank. <laughs> Hillary Swank yeah. equals bad. Nobody will ever and vote she's for not Hillary hot Swank. Okay, so we got that. But not only were those people in the restaurant, we also had Odd Job. James Bond movies. You remember him, the dude with the hat who decapitated Wait, statues. Wait, you're hot for odd job? No, no. Nice. I must have missed something uh, here. So we're adding other candidates on the fly. <laughs> Chuck Norris was there. He was in the restaurant. And when you'd be saying these people in the restaurant, you, you weren't saying they were having some reunion of 80s action slash film stars. This, these are all pictures of people on the walls, right? Correct, but they're all people that have been there. In fact, the guy told me that, like, Joe Montana's trainer came to the restaurant and tried to give him a picture of Joe Montana. And he's like, no. He's like, unless Joe Montana comes here, I'm not going to put it up. So he's got his standards. It really is the like most Kelly 80s collection of people I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, you Kelly added Preston? Joe Montana just to cap it. It's just like, yeah, it's Kelly really Preston. just the 80s on parade. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson Preston, thinks how about she was hers? in the 80s. She thinks she's, she was in the 80s. She, every day. Did you say Kelly Preston? Like, it's still the 80s, Kelly right? Kelly Clarkson. Uh, we're talking Big about Preston. the American Idol, right? No, oh, no, no, no. Kelly mind. Preston, John Travolta's wife. No, more 80s. Oh, more okay. 80s. Kelly Preston. That is more 80s. Started I was twins. Trying to bend twins. Kelly which was early 90s, but still. Maybe, maybe Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain was there. Uh, he's the guy who was in, I don't know. He's in Shogun. That's what he was in. He was in the movie Shogun. <laughs> I guess that wasn't bad enough for me to see it. Um, <laughs> who else was there? Uh, John Travolta was there. What about Don Ho? I, I didn't see a picture of him. I was looking at him. That's ridiculous. I mean, a Hawaiian place has got to have a picture of Don Ho. That's just absurd. It could be. They're like, there are all these, like, you know, people who come as, like, celebrities that are listed up on the, that are put up on the walls. But he was very adamant about the fact that, like, only people who had been in the restaurant, you know, counted sort of to this, to this degree. I was trying to think of somebody else. It did, you know, now that you think of it, a lot of it was, what, the 80s, now that I think of it. Like, there were just, there were, like, tons of, they had the Marvin Hagler, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard fight, which was from, like, 87 or 88 or something. That was up on the wall. Yeah, it was a big 80s place, I guess. That happened in that restaurant? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, not yeah. in it, but nearby. the euphemism, the fight was in a phone booth. This one was in, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> It's this really too bad that uh, the owner of that place isn't called Ono, and he didn't name it after, you know, the passive of his restaurant. And then it would be, oh no! would be awesome. He is a one-name star. His name is Toyo. He gave me his business card. He said we could contact him if we ever got in trouble. 
His name is Chicken. Wait, what does he mean you know by what to me. quote unquote in trouble? Did you say Poyo? You did say Poyo, right? P O L L O, as in no, Chicken. No, no, Poyo. P O Y O. Oh, okay. I definitely heard Poyo, and I was like, no. his name is Chicken. <laughs> El Toyo, oh no. El Toyo, oh no. Da, da, but no, he was a great guy. You, like, you guys the don't food have the commercial good? out there, do you? He was great. Do you have the El Pollo <laughs> Loco commercial? El Pollo Loco, right? Yeah, I actually... I, yeah. <laughs> shocking that the other Californian can recognize that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I guess. All day long. Fair they enough. have that in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah, familiar. Not so much. Not so Pollo. And now, clearly, since names indicate what will happen in life, Yoko... Oh, no! <laughs> ...was very well-suited for her name. Uh, apparently. Oh, oh dear. Oh, boy. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. It's true. <laughs> nice. Okay. Oh yeah. All I say, then there's the Kool-Aid all guy. I say, oh no. Oh yeah. All I can say is the food was all I can say is oh, the food yeah. was pretty uh, was pretty good. <sighs> Have you ever guys seen Dane Cook's routine about the Kool-Aid guy? It's unbelievably funny. No. Remember that old Dane commercial Cook. in the eighties where I do remember the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid guy busts through the wall, he breaks yeah. through the bricks and say, Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. And Dane Cook would be like, Oh yeah, you just destroyed my parents' kitchen. They're gonna be home any minute. Oh yeah. Go get me some spackle, you big stupid juice with tights. Oh no. Oh yeah. No 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 bad man, bad Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. Oh no, no you I'm are naughty. So making this up. <laughs> no, it's I w- I'm not smart enough to make that up. That's Dane Cook all the way, baby. <laughs> that is that is pretty funny. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, no. Keep your head down there, buddy. They're on to you. <laughs> I am your cutting out. They have flushed out Greg like a rabbit into the Warrens. Like Watership Down. Like Watership Down, thank you. All time. There you go. That's right. I can definitely attest to having read that book. I know people who have enjoyed the book. The book is listed as one of the more enjoyable books by some. But uh, I I can't promise you I remember anything about the book or how I and you know that I'm to make were I to read it today about you because I can always say well if you ever are offended or don't disagree with anything any perspective of stories remember his favorite novel is about bunnies end of story pretty good I hadn't thought of it oh that was an awesome barb I just knocked his ass right out of the box blam. <laughs> He was so stunned. He's like, "Oh, yeah, the book is about that was player left." That was, that was a nasty hip check to hip guess player. number three. Player left. Nice work there, story. That was very funny. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. What I do, man? Anytime end of story comes up, it's it's over. I I can play all requests. Oh, did I say end of story? Oh, there you go. You sure My did. Dad. Although I was also offended, of course. But uh, but yeah, the end of, of story really I was hoping for. helped. Yeah. There is this uh, there is this Family Guy episode uh, where they have Peter's on trial for something, and they find him guilty. And the reaction is he he yells again. We have the oh no thing. He's like oh no, and his wife's like oh no, and then the crowd's like oh no, and then the Kool Aid guy bursts through the wall. Is like oh yeah, and everyone just looks at him and he like backs out of the wall and then leaves <laughs> for no reason at all. Yeah, dude, they <laughs> stole that from Dane Cook. Reference. Absolutely lifted from Dane Cook's routine. I actually remember seeing that and being pissed off. Just for like his sake. of this particular <laughs> podcast. 
No, everything yes. here is Any music that you may hear, it's all copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> the newest highlight we have, someone may have previously composed the song Sing Sing a Song before I used it for the highlight. No, lie. What? That was you. That was you. Out, wasn't it? <laughs> That's one of my impressions. I appreciate the little effort and uh, a lot of money invested in that one. Sing a song. Sing it loud. Sing it strong, or whatever the lyrics are. That's not the song story. Story is doing the evanescent version of sing sing a song. Sing a song. That's the song. Oh yeah. Use my song with some other self-referential. My bad. It's increasingly becoming the case for us to be funny. You will need to have listened to the last ten shows, and then it will all be funny to you all the time. So if you want to laugh at every part of the show, download the other episodes immediately. <laughs> That's how Seinfeld works, That's man. True. That Seinfeld is, is all built like on show itself. 24. We have just become a you self-referential know? inside joke, but it's so funny <laughs> if you come with us. Trust me. <laughs> I think it's very appropriate that we're dealing with self-referential jokes at an academic conference, which is pretty much a whole slew of self-referential things. I think that we should recreate the character of uh, the uh, conference on ear infection by Mr. Dizzy Pants, Professor Dizzy Pants. I think he should come back later on. Come in next week as Dizzy Pants presents his paper. You know, the thing is that most of the time when they do it, they do it sort of in a good-hearted way. And the only time that they really get attacked for staggering around is when they've been attacked intellectually. So, like, normally people won't take notice of the fact that they're physically staggering around because everybody's doing it. But when you add in, like, that they've made some, di- like, that's not the way that book goes. You don't know what you're talking about. Then all of a sudden they're like, and you're staggering. Like, all of a sudden they become aware of the fact that the person's staggering around. <laughs> Everything is about mental things with academics. It's very funny. All right. I'm going to reveal something about myself to allow myself usage of these jokes, because I find Uh it that important that I'm going to tell you guys this. I had a condition. Up until I was three years old, I could not eat solid food, because I had some very rare, very odd throat malady that I don't even know what it is. And if I ever, anyone approached me with solid food, if they tried to feed me solid food, I would throw up all over the place. So for the first three years of my life, basically my entire family and anyone who knew me thought that I was just a vomit machine. I was some kind of mechanism designed to produce (laughs) human projectile vomit. So that being the case, I've made up for it. I may never know. (laughs) <laughs> I know, seriously. Exactly. Now you know that it all comes like all from those jokes are officially moot. They're over. It's, oh, it's over. No, but it's okay. I can make Jewish jokes. I can make throw-up jokes. Oh, I right, qualify for all these if different things. If you vomited profusely, then you can make fun of anyone else. You're on the insider club for profuse vomiting. Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. Works. That's there exactly my point. And I feel no, I feel no, you know, I don't feel bad at all about that. I'm totally justified making any vomit jokes I want because for a while in my life, that was my main identification as a human being was the one who vomits. Your main pastime. Okay, proceed. <laughs> yes. And then most people would say that you know, knowing me and how much I eat now, it's so like I've been spending the last 23 years of my life trying to make up for lost time, basically, for what yeah. I couldn't eat. So, wait a minute, so, so you weren't actually using that to follow up to a joke, you were just sort of doing a preset, you're like, just so anybody knows, if I ever tell a vomit joke, don't be offended, because I used to be Bombay. <laughs> no, I think yeah. there was a follow-up No, it's coming. just like, no, there was no, no follow-up, oh, that was it, it was like, I can make any vomit <laughs> jokes I want from this point forward. Follows up on the vomit comment. <laughs> okay, well, when I was three, I had to wear glasses, and I still do, so I can make jokes of nearsighted people. Thank you, just keep that.
your bank. If, if I ever make fun of someone who classes, you know that it's okay. Okay. Go it's on. on the record, baby. That's what this is all about. It's on the record. <laughs> and now only I it. can make the vertigo jokes from now on, then. Only I can make the vertigo jokes. <laughs> I no, know. I still think it's pretty funny. It's funny have people have vertigo. And I never had it. By people here assembled. Uh, jokes are funny to me on occasion. I've been known to laugh at <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but I can't really say which jokes I would find funny or appropriate. And which I wouldn't. But that wouldn't be appropriate, Mr. Clayton. At this time. But Mr. Clayton, may I ask if you've ever belonged to a society that believed in jokes against other people ever? Do you remember that, or or were you ever part of a society um, that told jokes? I'm sure I was. Friends. But I I don't remember it. Um, I've okay. been told by others that I was, and I have no reason to disbelieve them. But uh, I can't say one single thing about that at all, ever. Do you recall, were you ever born? Do you remember that? If you were born at a point, did that happen? Uh, again, I'd, I'd have to say all the same answers apply. I've been told that. I'm sure I was there. But I remember nothing about it whatsoever. Which actually true of that. Which I, I would say that Mr. Alito probably doesn't remember his birth. And that might be all I believe him on. Yeah, that would be a softball if you asked him that. You guys don't remember there you go. <laughs> be like, well, that no would be great. I think Ted Kennedy should. The first time I saw should, a chick uh, naked. It was wow. awesome. Whoa, what? <laughs> we don't want to miss that. What? I, I didn't get that. What was that? I, I said, how could you when you were aboard, it's the first time you saw a chick naked. It was awesome. Yeah, that was like the, um, the co- triumph, the insult, the comic dog, insult comic. Oh, I know where this the, is going. Uh, the Star Wars convention. Yeah. And yep. there was like there was a pregnant lady at the Star Wars convention and he's like, Look, you have a future nerd, a future nerd in there. She's like, Yep, future Jedi, future nerd and he's like, You know that's going to be the last time you'll see female genitalia. <laughs> I keyed, I keyed. Oh, that was also yeah. one of the funniest things ever. Absolutely. No, I think the best line from that one though is uh when he asked there was uh one of the people was showing him all of different buttons that he had on the uh, ship. It was the Darth Vader character. Right, yeah. And he was like, Ike, Ike. But seriously, which button calls your parents and has them come pick you up? Yeah, it was great. He asked that to Darth Vader. He's like, this helps you breathe? He's like, this helps me to breathe. And which one of these buttons calls your parents to pick you up? Exactly, yeah. And now the nerds are gathering together for the ceremonial banging of the plastic toys. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't me this time. Oh, I think they got to Greg. I think oh, Greg my God, has they've been... Got him. They've capped oh, no. Greg. Tune oh, in no. next week when we have the oh, memorial no. episode for Greg. <laughs> we'll have a, oh, no. a comedy clip of all of the funniest things Greg said. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. You know who should have went to that restaurant in Hawaii? Gone gone to that restaurant, perhaps? I'm sorry, that was you know should have, You know should have went, done, gone <laughs> to that <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> done, went, back in the day. Uh, he should have done, went there. Uh, Mr. Bill. You know Mr. Bill? No. Oh, Andy, no, do you know Mr. Bill? Mr. Bill! <laughs> <laughs> but I think Andy does. That's Mr. Bill. <laughs> Mr. Bill is a, a claymation character who gets abused by the producer of whatever show makes Mr. Bill, just pounds him into oblivion, and his whole job is to be like, No, don't do that! Don't hit me with a hammer in my eye! Oh, no! Oh, no! Don't set me on fire! Oh, no! And, and Saturday Night Live, last season, basically copied that with a sketch about a guy who worked as a as a receptionist. He answered the phone, and every time he answered the phone, he said, Oh, no! 
do you guys remember this at all? And it was oh, I never saw that at all. It, it, all. I mean, the, the whole thing was they were trying to conduct business, and he kept answering the phone in the background and saying, "Oh no!" It just went on, and you know how Saturday Night Live these days just goes on and on way too long with the same joke, hoping it'll get funnier. Mm-hmm. I think it's basically a ripoff of the Mr. Billow now. Huh? But a, but a not funny one. Too. A not funny one. Well done, Saturday Night Live. In the tradition of groundlings, you have achieved making things not funny continuously. Great job. <laughs> what was that so movie about that came out last Step year one, about wine? Make joke. Step <laughs> two, repeat joke. Good. Now you are funny. Oh, no. Step three, repeat joke again. Good. Step four, repeat this is joke. St- Stories gypsy riff off of my German joke. I suppose so. <laughs> Random your Eastern European accent. Hey, I'm not the accent. I am from random place. Where am I from? You don't know. Could be anywhere. Hello. Yeah, you're the you're the accent man, not me. Okay, Drew was about to talk. Go take it away, Drew. Oh well, I just remember the you remember the movie Sideways. What was the name of the? Oh, do we ever? Did What's I, the guy's have name? I seen that? What what movie is that? It's about wine. It has they got Paul Paul Giamatti or whatever is the guy's name is. Wait, no, I don't think Russ has uh-huh. seen this one. Explain it a little more. <laughs> All right. Oh, it, it's 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 a it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just a movie about uh it, about <laughs> guys who go to wine country. I mean, it's really not much more interesting than that. It was kind of this supposed to be this uh you know comedy independent comedy hit of the year that uh-huh. got all this critical acclaim and. The I got really popular for, for a brief moment in time. And Step I don't know what's seven. Now. Listen to Map Report 4. Then you will know why this is funny. Huh. Oh, was this, was this <laughs> mentioned in 4? Was this mentioned in 4 somehow? I don't know. I mean, I guess um, I should check that out, though. It sounds like correct. decent. And I like Paul Giamatti, <laughs> so. Wait, so you know who Paul Giamatti <laughs> is? Yeah, he's the son of Bartlett Giamatti. <laughs> oh, man. The former you mean the commissioner baseball? of Major League Baseball. The Pete Rose is not yeah, in the that's his Hall son. of Fame. So anyway, so the one who was on that Saturday Night Live set, the O'No sketch. That uh, was just Paul Giamatti was hosting. That's the tie-in that I'm going to Oh, go. Oh, they had to ruin Paul Giamatti's show that set. It would have been a good delayed by about two minutes. Should That's I have, um, should I explain this or just leave it for people to connect the dots? Which is funny. You know what? Explain We've what? made our whole thing about inside jokes. I don't think we should start explaining things now. That would All just right. ruin everything. Very well. Me. Very well. <laughs> Join our club. Listen to Map Report 4. <laughs> It's going to be great. When we get to, like, Mepreport 179, the whole show is just going to be about Blurf, Nicker Plumbler. Ha <laughs> ha, that's just good because he said that 17 weeks ago. Yeah, I like it. Oh, That'll man. be the whole show. Oh, it's true. It's just be this would be really a lot better more than, like, 10 people were up on up to date on all their Mepreports. But, I, I mean, I, I can Have attest. Have you taken a poll? We get, like, you know, 10 or 20 people a day, at least, through the gates, so I, I would imagine there are people who are actually listening to every show, and I mean... But what if I'm they're the same 10 or 20 people, and they're just insane, and they well, just log in every day and listen to them over and over again? I mean, that so would really be, that would actually people. probably be better than getting 10 new people every day who didn't come back, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's probably a better readership status, or We'd only gain the cult status if we have the insane people first. You First go. you get the insane people, then you get the teenage girls, then you get then the teenage get the boys, women. then you get the mass media coverage. There's some sort of rule of marketing go. like Absolutely. that. Wait, go back. Does some part marketing director. How does the teenage girls part work? Then you become again? a pedophile. Then you look up 
what's Robin Lively on the internet for five hours. Then you watch The Karate Kid and make it into a whole different genre of movie. Then you stop listening to the podcast. New player. Hey! hey. Gotta keep Greg moving. from Guantanamo Bay! Gotta keep moving. Gotta keep moving. It's a great <laughs> mental image of you holding onto your laptop, sprinting around some random campus on Hawaii, like staying ahead of like the uh, infrared lasers and the <laughs> the beacons and stuff, the alarms. From Gitmo. <laughs> in the last Greg five minutes, I almost. In the last five minutes, I had a Polynesian throw a spear at me. It was very disturbing. I had to roll underneath an academic throwing his briefcase at my head. It was all very traumatic. You know what this is? Basically, you're in the Matrix, and everyone keeps... Agent Smith keeps morphing out of random Hawaiians and going <laughs> after you. <laughs> it could be anyone. It could be a grandma throwing her kitchen knife at you. You can't be aware. <laughs> it is pretty bizarre. Actually, it was funny because it like, completely... like The internet cut out, so I went out in the hallway, and I immediately got all these people who were looking at me like, Who are you? Where have you come from? And why are you holding that headset in a very podcast suspicious way? Hmm? <laughs> You're in the Matrix. I'm, I'm convinced now. I uh, know. So what did I miss while I was trying to get out of the Matrix, for tell? Andy mentioned a movie that he recommended. No. But that more, <laughs> yeah. it was more linked to the SNL thing. But if you've ever heard of it, you should check it out. I'm sure I'll see it when... Uh, I'm sure I'll listen to it when I hear the rest of the show where people will hear all of it. <laughs> Uh, Can I make the worst segue ever? Because you just said the word show, and I want to talk about a show. And I know Drew will at least want to talk about it with me. So uh, it's a nominee Watch Arrested Development. Watch Arrested Development. How did you you know that was coming? I was going to say it's a nominee for uh, the podcast Map Report Seal of Approval. Arrested Development. I'll vote for that in a second. I I love that show. Save Arrested Development because it is the best thing on television in generations. It's amazing. It's wait a minute, wait a minute. it is really the, the only funny show on television at all. To be be perfectly honest. It is perhaps the best written television show of all time. Just the writing on it. Maybe the best of I all would time. agree. I would agree. No wait a minute. I, mean, I don't buy movies or DVDs ever. I just I don't I don't see them as a good investment, but I have the DVDs of, of Arrested Development. The only DVDs I really own. Andy, I could just see your apartment with like filled with like bars of platinum and silver and one DVD. <laughs> He's like, this is worth it. This one will accrue. This is a good investment. That is a very funny. You just image totally right. have your own infomercial there with that. You're like, you have, like bags of cocoa. I'm Andrew Terrell. I am the head of the largest investment banking firm ever to come out of Aaron Fox legal firm. And I recommend Platinum and Many Metals and Arrested Development Season 1. <laughs> like collectible coins everywhere on the shelves. If you want to be wealthy like, like me, you will be duped into buying this show too, because we told you to. Um, I love those commercials. Or are like gold. on a it's bed good made of stock gold. certificates. My favorite are the rich people who do commercials late at night and want to sell you things apparently based on the fact that, you know, because I've become rich, why am I doing this show at 2 in the morning? Because I want you to be rich, too. You, the people who are up at 2 in the morning watching shows like this. You're my people, and I want to connect with you. It's true. Pay no attention it's to true. the hypnotic circle symbols in the background. 
Exactly. We just like you because you're up late at night. How to sell absolutely nothing through the world of infomercials and make lots of money, and that's exactly. how that's the whole scheme. I think there should be like an infomercial channel. Like I've often said that for public television, they should have like a a fun drive channel. Like you just go there when you want to give funds to public television. And they have the same lane. Like, well, if they spend seventy five dollars, they get a tote bag, and if they do this, they can get more of the Irish tenors meet the three other tenors, and that's what we give. We all, we need your support, and they could just be on that channel twenty four seven. You know, that's a service. It's a I that you had finished your sentence when you said the Irish tenors meet as if as in they're, they're running like a butchery and they're <laughs> selling like shanks and haggis and things for to raise funds for some public station somewhere. Oh, I thought that would be a good if there are actually any Irish dot there, they will <laughs> object to the, the haggis reference for sure. I know. That's true. Look, That's sometimes true. I get confused. I don't even know where they're from. But I can talk like them, but I don't know who they are. No, they Russ, could be from you, anywhere. If you would do the same thing, but then talked about them drinking large quantities of beer, that would totally be accurate. I mean, uh, the MEP report does not support anti-Irish sentiments. Thank you. This coming hey, from the man who just said he was chased by a Polynesian with a spear. <laughs> it's true. There is that. Look, what other that kind is. of spear throwers am I going to find in Hawaii, may I ask? Yeah, that was a very Peter Jackson-like comment, Greg. You freaking Peter saying. Jacksonite. Racist. I. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I apologize. So flabbergasted. It, 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 it's, clear, it's clear that in Hawaii there are not many Polynesians. I apologize. They're we're, they're really all just regular. You know, they're, they're just they're just you know people from Iowa live here. Really, not Polynesians. Hey Greg, when you go into the next the next time you go back into Ono's and they ask you for your drink order, you should go Mekaleka High, Mekahini Ho. <laughs> Very funny. Mekaleka High, Mekachani Ho. And uh, well, to make a wish. You know what's funny, actually? They they mentioned uh, the the sort of cultural events here. They have a luau. They have a Polynesian <laughs> cultural event. And then for lunch today, that's what they said in the, the booklet. I'll, it says right in the booklet, Polynesian cultural event. And then they have, during lunch... I'm, I'm sure it's, it's for all the Polynesian, not for the tourists, right? I would, I guess so. Who knows? They they call it a Polynesian... Uh, you, know, you know there's a Polynesian cultural center that's called the Polynesian Cultural Center here, right? PCC, yes, baby. I, I go there every, every week. I'm not saying they don't yeah, have baby. blue owls, but I bet but, they don't walk around with spears. Uh, uh, not generally. Um, no, that's true. Not generally. Um, they had here... That was they a had good that. token white man response. You were like... Well, not generally. I have no recollection of actually seeing a spear, but I have known people who have seen spears in this or another life and <laughs> may rule on spirits if called upon. Wait, sir, so are you so. saying that you believe that we have more than one life to live? Speaking I of TV references. I believe that there are some people who believe in that and I would possibly be called to judge them and as a result couldn't possibly comment further. Do you believe the Polynesians have thrown spears in the past? <laughs> can I, wait a minute, on another tangent, just for a second, can I ask why, Russ, every time we have an old guy, he immediately becomes a British explorer, like, and back in the old days, and then I used to go and I used to kill elephants with my bare hands, those were the days, dog. See, I actually Look, thought it was... going to harumph... And you're going to expound and harumph and be mad. You have to do it like this. <laughs> I actually oh, thought it was Doctor Zoidberg from uh, Futurama who was making an appearance there. I was. Oh, it's offensive. You associate yeah. me with a crustacean. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the one right there. The that's, that's exactly what he's he like does. an old fifties uh, Borscht Belt comic. That's what Zoidberg is. He's like Zoidberg maybe is actually I'm a probably maybe I'm, I'm a lobster. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say Doctor Zoidberg, one of the ten funniest television characters of all time. The show itself, Futurama, hit and miss, but Zoidberg, absolute gold every time he showed up on that show. I can agree with that. Zoid yeah. Zoidberg made that show for me. I, that's the only thing I really yeah. wanted to see on that show. I didn't and want to see the very children mom with one eye. I should yeah. get you guys some uh, old tapes of the Catskills. You guys would love it. It's like 8 million Dr. Zoidbergs on stage all the time. <laughs> there's the, the, uh, there's the Catskills? Is this a the troop or something? Catskills comedians. This is where I grew up. This is where you know all the old Jewish comedians would tour for years and years and years. Was this the chucklehead? And they, Zoidberg was a uh, stereotype of those guys. Interesting, interesting. So how was it to grow up with uh, Claude Crustacean humans who were doctors? <laughs> oh, that was before my time. When I grew up there, it was all bankrupt and lonely and desolate, and all we could do was ski and mate, and there was no other activities available. <laughs> with Robin Lively, presumably. <laughs> oh my. Yes, Robin Lively, Catskills girl. She had brown hair at the time. I said, you should dye your hair red. You'll be famous. She said, oh, Zoidberg, you're such a romantic. And I and said, and then all this <laughs> I am a man who will fight yeah thank you now is that correct that's through. from one did that did no, they, did they do that no, again no. in three no no it's from two no it's from oh, two don't that's you remember two. the Winthrop oh, Castle right. and you know and you'd have the tea ceremony and then you yes, beat sir. down Okinawan culture oh worst like fighting tournament style real. ever Look at this drum and how it randomly swings its arms from side to side like he's having a seizure. That oh, is how you must not combat only that, the but black belt. Did anyone ever understand how he was hitting someone? How was he hitting anyone? It just looked like he was like waving his arms and then the guy got hurt. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh, do you know what I saw the other night? I was watching a rerun of the movie Contact with uh, Jodie Foster, yeah. and that guy from Karate Kid Part 2 who was getting his ass beat by the stupid fighting tactic was, like, random guy on the ops board when she was running her shuttle flight where they're like, you know, whatever, engineering, and they're like, go! And then they're like, communications, and then the guy from Karate Kid Part 2 is like, it's a go! And I'm like, it's that guy! <laughs> and then someone behind He's him is like, now to me, you are dead. Go! <laughs> I know. That's exactly right. He got shamed away from Okinawa. He had to move all the way to Hokkaido Island where they launched the uh, the shuttle from in contact. It was great. Yep, and then he went to I really enjoyed restaurant. that. Oh, no! That's so I, I'm sorry, but you were saying about the... Uh, yeah, it was a terrible scene. And so anticlimactic when you compare it to the crane kick, which may actually work. I don't know if I believe if do right can no defense, but it certainly looked more realistic than the other thing. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, okay, the crane thing, uh, it was pretty cool, though, in the second one where he does the crane technique, which clearly destroyed all the, all the white people, but clearly was not going to beat the Okinawan guy. Because Miyagi was like, things are different yeah, than Okinawa. He and he does the kick, and the guy's like, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was great. Exactly. <laughs> And then it got worse. And in the third movie, he got his ass beat for like 10 years by that bad boy of karate. And then the way that he won was by doing a stupid movie flip of the other guy. It was like no longer even close to karate. It was like how they teach stage combat. It's like, flip! And then he like punched him while the guy was lying on the ground. That was so terrible. It was Very You sad. know how terrible it was? That they had to make it more exciting by adding some crazy sound effect like he was striking metal when he do you remember this? This is a little obscure. But if you I remember the end of Karate Kid, I, I gave up after part two. three. Fifty decibels of 
motivational music near the end because you know the end is about to come and it's going to get really exciting because you know, right. they have to fake put you in the mood since the movie sucks. He does the stupid stage combat flip and then as he strikes the guy to get the point and win the tournament, it has this strange like metallic sound like bonk. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is that? Is that part <laughs> of the just song? Iron is that, that guy's what it sounded like? It made no sense. <laughs> and then it's just like, winner! And then they just like, oh, it's Karate Kid 1 again. We did it. We did it again. Yay. Stupid. See, to me, like, the, I think the problem was that they sort of accelerated too soon. They were like, okay, in one, he does a tournament. In two, he shaves his life and the life of his girlfriend. In three, he goes back to tournament. Like, the only thing he could have done then was to, like, save the world from <laughs> nuclear weapons by, like, kicking them to death or something. Like, that was the only way right, to go making a giant two. metallic net and collecting all the nuclear weapons and throwing them into the sun. Unfortunately, <laughs> that movie had come along the same year. They stole the script from Karate Kid Part 3. What were they supposed to do? They Superman 4 had just come out. They had to rewrite the script. They're like, fuck it, we'll just do Karate Kid 1 again. <laughs> Can you imagine Ralph Macchio is like picking up the net and Miyagi's like, I know, son, there's not tournament. Those nuclear weapons. He's like, yes, sir. <laughs> and he throws it in the sun. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to rid the world of nuclear weapons. <laughs> yay, <laughs> Ralph Macchio, yay. <laughs> I have a feeling, Russ, we've left Andy and Story behind because they're like, we don't like Karate no, no, Kid no, after Karate Kid 1. <laughs> I just had a breakthrough, actually. What do you mean? Did you Robin find Robin finally Robin picture Robin of Robin Lively? Lively? Yes! Robin Lively <laughs> can be found at least partially nude in the film Teen oh Witch and Twin Peaks. We are so on the same wavelength that's not even funny. <laughs> wow. That was... That was ridiculous. Uh, we were okay, reading the mind. poker hand yes. Is it good? But it's three queen offsuit story. Don't make I, me play it. It's fine. It's fine. Just, just play it all the way down. It's going to be great. thousand dollars on the line, man. Stop telling That's me right. to play Queen 7. Kind of double so, up. So does that have the official uh, site of approval, seal of approval now, that website? Uh, no. I don't think so. I think Arrested Development absolutely does. And we put that yes. up, that and uh, well, Progress sure. Quest will be up there. Progress Maybe Quest, some other things too. map seal of approval. How, yeah. how are you doing on that, by the way, Andy? In the last few months, have you just uh, have you been playing? You know what? Have you progressed? Oh, yeah, I have to admit that I haven't actually you remember played that, that ever again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Such a you shame. Quit him. So good. <laughs> I guess you just never had the flair for more uh, than the rest of us did. Pretty, pretty. You know, Andy, if you were from the Karate Kid, you would have lost in movie number one. You wouldn't even have gotten any farther. I am True. the man who will progress meaninglessly. I'll leave the program on for 70,000 hours. Oh, God. Level 50 guy. I killed all the Girl Scouts and took all their cookies on the meaningless game. You'll find this in our new musical highlights. Speaking of which, speaking of programming. I was going to say, like, Russ is just <laughs> trying to uh, make another highlight real all by right. I need new material. Like, I will do another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> I by the way. For another we highlight. Say, but, we should say, by the way, that speaking of program like we really actually have come to the end of another hour. Um, but we do want to remind everyone that we have lots of highlights available, um, new ones by Russ and others, and other shows available. And, and nude pictures of Robin Lively. Yes, yes, and you can find that uh, by emailing no. Andy. You can also call him. He works at Aaron Fox. Ask to speak to Andy's <laughs> supervisor. And, um, <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. Wow. Don't do it, people. Blam. Trouble. Blam. Trouble ahead. Oh, danger, man. danger. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I was thinking we should do, uh, we should start doing, this was just an idea that I thought I'd spring on you guys, that we should start doing what the uh, British, I don't know if the American version of Whose Line Is It Anyway did this, but uh, reading uh, credits for the show, fake or otherwise, at the end in a certain style. I thought we could sort of rotate through different styles. Russ could do uh, do Larry Flint doing the credits. And but we <laughs> have no credits. We have no credits, it's true. And that would make it all the what more fun. we do? That would be great. We could just envision credits, what the credits theoretically would be. So, yeah. All right. We will I declare the end theme for this podcast to be the Mr. Belvedere theme song for no reason. So carry on while I sing that <laughs> in the background. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, in the style of Samuel Alito, the uh, marketing, marketing director of uh, Map Report. Uh, I've heard good things about him, but I don't remember who it is. The webmaster of the Map Report um, has been compared to me, but I couldn't possibly agree with, with who that would be either. Uh... The report is mixed and recorded somewhere, definitely on Earth, but uh, I might have to rule on Earth at some point, on a court on Earth, and so I couldn't comment on Earth or any of its con- content. And that's all we got. And Say goodbye, uh, everybody. Really good we'll see you next week. <laughs> Mr. Alito. <laughs> uh, I would say goodbye, but I might have to say goodbye in the future, so I won't now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>